Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Welcome to IndiePod, an indie games podcast, your weekly source for all the indie games news you need to know. This week, we're bringing you three awesome indie game news stories. Before, of course, we hop into news cram, got some quick news stories for you. One new deal in quick steal and a whole bunch of new stuff before we hop into God Bless the Crowd. Talk about a retro-inspired indie game over on Kickstarter and, of course, your listener questions. There's so much to get into today, but before we do any of it, I would like to introduce myself, Von Hyde, alongside my illustrious co-host, the biggest of average, Josh Boys. How you doing today, Big Josh Boy? I'm doing well. I'm ready to talk some indies. Let's get into this. I'm super stoked. Honestly, though, I have to ask you a question, okay? All right, let's do it. I don't... So Joseph seems to have an issue with this biggest of average Josh Boys thing, and I don't <laughs> understand why, okay? I feel like people... All right, all This right. is less of a question and more, of a, uh, more of an admission. If you have yet to hear why I call Josh this, it is me reflecting on his above average endowment that's what it's all about i don't know why people are being so weird about it it's not an insult you got the biggest peep <laughs> of the averages josh that's what it is mm-hmm. i just had to explain I that for so. everybody to understand it's a term of endearment <laughs> of course that's why i need to legally change my name to exactly it. so everyone would know when you introduce yourself that you're packing heat okay yeah. Hello, my name is Josh. My dong is large. Exactly. How are you? Exactly. It would it would it's like the name equivalent of owning a big truck where you're like, "Wow, mm. their penis is so big, dude. You can hear it from miles away." It's just so the gigantic. Penis? Yeah. Or the truck. <laughs> you have you never heard this? Hear your penis from miles away? I've never heard it's that like a, uh, expression. It's like a constant joke. I'm not sure if this is just a thing like I I don't know if if Florida's as like comfortable is as Idaho is, uh, but, certain parts of Florida, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So there's like the entire like correlation between having a small penis and having a gigantic truck. So every time, oh a yeah, 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 for big sure. truck I've goes by, you're like, wow, they've got a huge uh, dick. Like that's crazy. But of course, I got gotcha. We both I gotcha. know. I got gotcha. They got that tiny peep. All right. Well, nope. I don't have a truck, so <laughs> I guess I'll have to stick with the name. Yeah, there you go. It's even. It's more evidence. You're just like, boom. Don't have a truck, but I got a big dong. Hey, I mean, I can't argue with that. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I hate myself. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how are you going to transition from this, buddy? Well, actually, I did want to transition into something really quickly. Um, obviously, like that was. I, I guess somewhat funny depending on who you are but i wanted to transition into something a little bit more i guess serious um i uh, this isn't like weird at all or anything i i just wanted to kind of like apologize and thank everybody so recently um i have been having an issue like managing my time correctly and handling both work and school and uh some other stuff and i'm i've just been having like issues uh recently so i have 
I have forgotten to upload podcasts multiple times. Like literally last week's episode, I just forgot to upload. And luckily I got better internet because it uploaded in literally, I'm not even joking, a second. It was like, damn, it's fucking done. I was like, oh my God. We're in the God. future. That was amazing. <laughs> and my fiance keeps making fun of me because I, ta- I every time something happens, I'm like, beep. Something that used to take me 40 minutes just took me less than a minute. We got great internet. And she's, she she thinks it's so weird that I'm so excited about this internet. And I'm like, no, you don't understand, though. I have, like, yeah. for years, I've been making content on the internet since basically, like, I don't know, for, like, seven, eight years, something like that. Like, I've done it for a long time. Obviously, it hasn't caught on until now, but... Right. Like, I've been doing it for a long time, and I've had to deal with, like, freaking point two upload. Like, it was the worst. And now I've got, like, 50, and I feel good about myself, okay? I'm like, hell yeah. All right. This is going to take me on. It's up. funny, because that's not even that crazy. I know. So your upload until... speed must be much better. Because you... It's 300. Fuck you. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, man. That's fiber for you. Yeah, they don't have any, like, fiber options in Idaho. So I'm mm. I'm just dealing with like I currently I believe have the best internet that I can get um which is like it's stupid to bring up internet service providers because nobody else knows about it other than in the west but we essentially have one that's like shitty but affordable and the other one that is good but has like data caps and all sorts of other shit and it's super mm-hmm. shady mm-hmm. that's what we now signed up for because they actually have good internet so there's that but the second part of this like it being a little bit more serious is that i just wanted to thank everybody for being seemingly somewhat understanding and not being super weird and uncomfortable with me having forgot to upload podcast episodes and all sorts of stuff and i forget to send out tweets and stuff i i just want to let everybody know i am sorry for doing that um I'm going to try to change some things in my life moving forward so that i better manage my time i've just been honestly kind of like run down lately um Mm. but i i feel like things might get better soon so i'm i'm gonna try to change some things i'm going to try to make i guess this a higher priority than it already was of course it would be like school this and then just like everything else you know but um (laughs) yeah i just wanted to say i could could always i could always take on a few things i mean if you're struggling like i I didn't even realize it was that bad oh no it's it's i i've just felt kind of like off recently and kind of like run down and it's it's not a big deal i'm not super worried about it i mean now that i have better internet and it doesn't just kill everything i can upload this literally like right after i edit it versus before i would have to upload things overnight because it would take so long Mm, and it would just kill our internet so we couldn't do anything else oh damn yeah yeah that's rough (laughs) yeah so now i have decent enough internet to where i can like upload a podcast fairly quickly and i don't have to worry about it um it's so nice to have like have to play catch up with my download which is kind of nice because like before it would be like okay i'm gonna write the entirety like i'm gonna write the headline um or the title and i i get the entire page description and everything filled out and it's like less than halfway done and now it's done and i'm like less than halfway done with this shit and i'm like yes this feels great i love it (laughs) uh well that's good so there you go and uh a quick heads up moving forward i believe uh sometime pretty soon our podcast of like uh the hp video game podcast network we are going to start running ads um that will be 
technically like tailored ads for certain people. I don't know when we're going to start doing that, um, but we will be doing it pretty soon. I'm going to try to keep things to a minimum and not have too many ads currently. I only have before, after, and then during Newscram, there are two ads that should play. Uh, mm -hmm. But I, I feel like that's pretty manageable. We may add in one more depending on how long a podcast is like we normally go for like two and a half hours so like i feel like i can maybe put at least one more in there but i'm i'm trust me i'm not gonna get too crazy with it um i believe that this is mostly about like the indie games and indie game creators and stuff like that so i don't want to really take away from the message and the indie developer interviews i will not interrupt those with ads i don't like that very good um I feel like that would break up the interview in a really uncomfortable way. So I do not put ads in them. Um, they still do the before and after. So there's going to mm -hmm. be one there and one at the end. But other than that, should be all good. Um, so sooner, I, I guess soon, we're going to run ads. Of course, if you don't want ads, you can always become a patron, which allows you to get the app. Uh, soon will allow you to get the episodes early, which you already do, but then ad free as well which there you mm -hmm. go, an additional incentive. We have, of course, the $1, 3 and $5 tiers, and this is a perfect transition into thanking our patrons. Of course, we got Zach Durham, Chase Hopkins, Philip Renshaw, Chris Penwell, Josh Nichols, and Samuel Fillion from Canada. Thank you guys so much. I really wonder if he hates that. I probably should I, reach out. I hope he doesn't <laughs> because I love that. Yeah, I think it's so awesome. I, I just wanted to say thank you so much to them uh we are josh and i are currently playing ori and the will of the wisps for our uh october spoiler cast i'm really excited about it uh this honestly like this might be one of my game of the year contenders because it did actually come out in 2020 this year which people forget yep. because this is just a hellscape of a year and it feels like it's taken yeah. 65 years to get through i mean that's also kind of the problem with any games that come out early in the year is they're always at the risk of not being a game of the year contender just because there's the recency bias right oh yeah you play a game at the end of the year and then you're like what was your favorite game it's clearly gonna be that if someone was to ask me what's your favorite game right now that you've played of 2020 i'd probably say hades it's not because it's the best game in the world that i've ever played but it's a really good game that i've just recently been playing so it's top of mind I'm really excited to see how our indie game of the year shapes up. I, I'm I'm thinking about possibly doing like so we've done the indie game of the year for the past two years, I believe. Um Yep. And yep. I want to possibly change it up where like there are actually multiple like indie game creators out there. And I think it would be kind of cool to see if we could get kind of like a summit of all of us um that are just like indie game based creators and podcasters and have a discussion about the best indie game uh of 2020 Ooh, i think that might be really fun idea. um yeah but yeah. that's not like set in stone or anything i haven't actually started set it and started to set anything up uh we do of course have like a coming up soon um i'm gonna set something up after my wedding which is actually why we're recording this early uh which because i'm getting married on this sunday um so it's like the sunday before this posts Woo! yeah yeah go get married um Murd. but i honestly lost my train of thought 
I'm going to be completely honest. Oh, um, after I get married, we are going to have one of the hosts from uh, the indie game movement come on the podcast or possibly just like an interview, something like that. We're going to be doing a collaboration with them. So I'm, I'm very mm-hmm. excited for that. Um, but of course, we've got more housekeeping to go into. Uh, this week, we are going to be uploading our indie developer interview for John... Calderon, the CEO of Angry Demon Studios, uh, the game they're currently working on is Gory Cuddly Carnage, which actually looks really cool. Um, It's like (laughs) a cat on like a hoverboard slicing up unicorns. Yeah, yeah, it's a really interesting game. The, The idea of sliding around in a hack and slash and trying to control your character is something that we talked about it in the actual interview is very challenging. But the way they did it, it's really cool once you get more of a hang of it. And I'm very interested to see what this will look like with more levels. I'll say from a game perspective, the only thing that irked me a little bit, and this is a very specific thing. This is kind of like your issue with pickaxes. Yeah, I get it. Pickaxes, yeah. For me, it's excessive uses of profanity. I don't know why. I just don't like it anymore. There seems to be. We'll actually talk about something like this when we get into God Bless the Crowd today. Okay, okay, interesting. Yeah, the the use of constant profanity really just doesn't do it for me anymore. It's it it gives it that that edgy appeal that I think people go for, but it just pushes too hard sometimes. I think that's the only uh gripe that I have with this game, but otherwise from a gameplay perspective and from an atmosphere perspective, I'm really interested in it, and I think the the interview is worth a listen for sure. Awesome. I'm really excited to listen to it, and I promise I will get it up on the day that it's supposed to um yeah (laughs) and at the time that it's supposed to uh last two things of course please check out our indie pod youtube channel i didn't like i said i've been kind of run down so i didn't do a video this week but i will be doing one hopefully next week um i played this skatebird demo and i don't really know if i'm actually going to do a demo impressions piece on that one because it was really bad um so that's rough yeah i'm I might do it, but I kind of want to like focus on the positive aspects of it. And I'm going to be honest, they're pretty much entirely eclipsed by how poor this demo was. Not because the the game itself was bad, but because like I had crashes, Uh, the demo would Mm. freeze. Like it was just super unstable. So I'll pause. Demos are a weird thing because they they can really make and break the opportunity for people to actually play your game it's it's kind of a gamble because if a demo is bad like to your point that game might be awesome when it comes out but you have this weird sour taste in your mouth right now so it's just it's it's a shame yeah it's it's kind of like making a bad first impression yeah exactly yeah so I, I possibly will put up something on, on Skatebird or maybe something else. There are a couple really cool indie games over on Kickstarter that I might want to check out. So I don't know what it's going to be, but I promise I will put up a video next week. And lastly, please leave us reviews on iTunes to help us reach more audiences. Like I said in the tweet earlier today as of recording this, and I've said in multiple episodes, I don't know if it actually helps us, but let's just say it does. So please leave us some reviews. We will start reading them on the episodes. If you do leave us reviews, uh, I think that would actually be kind kind of a cool way to do giveaways but i'm not a hundred percent certain so i'm just mm. i'm gonna leave the giveaways uh, oh i'm gonna leave it alone for right now of course we've got one more coming up but i have yet to announce what it is or when it will be happening <gasps> because i gotta play the fucking game so there's that mm. <laughs> that's true that's true 
All right, we should probably talk about games. Yep, that is the end of all of our housekeeping. So, Josh, tell me about Mordhau by Triturnion. However you say it. So, Mordhau, yeah. So, Mordhau is, if you're familiar with the game Chivalry, this is basically it. I think it's from either the same people or maybe maybe I'm wrong. I probably should have looked that up before. But it's <laughs> it's basically it's basically that but a improved version of it. So it's this medieval theme where you're either using axes or swords, you're wearing armor, you have bows and you're fighting different people and I specifically have only played one mode so I can't talk to the full amount of the game but what I have been playing with a a group of friends because it was one of those things where you have a lot of games where there's four person, three people and that's kind of it and I've reached a point where my friends group that I usually play games with is now a collective of five and it's very hard to find a game that we can all play and so Mordhau was a great way to jump into this because it's it's just a, a large collection I think in this mode it's six people that can play and so we've been doing this horde mode where it's something if you think of Call of Duty zombies where it's just waves of enemies that come at you and there's different items and things that you can buy that'll upgrade your character meaning you get a, a better uh, sword or you get more armor that's either light or medium or heavy and you are just fighting these people these like farmers and soldiers who are just running at you and you're you're trying to kill them but the the reason why I love this game so much is it's it's honestly just hilarious in a lot of regards because the way you're fighting is I mean, it is realistic, but it doesn't feel fully realistic. But it's, it reminds it's me where... of the realism of like totally accurate battle simulator. Like it looks so weird and kind of janky yeah. at times. Yeah. So that's the charm of it is that it is super janky and it's really strange. Getting used to this combat is like I, I've played it for a couple hours and I'm still not used to it. But it's it's a lot of fun. It's such a hilarious time because you're just being chased by these mobs and mobs of people and you have these hilarious moments like my favorite part if i do end up dying is watching the other people play and spectating them because it just looks so frantic and today i had the i don't know why but it was just one of the funniest moments was we had all died except for one of my friends and he's, he's running away from these people and he kind of got caught on a corner and he's falling off this edge and we thought he was going to die, but he caught himself on a ladder and then he, he goes to climb up the ladder, but there's a bunch of people who are also climbing down the ladder. So he's climbing with all these enemies, but the enemies, like from his point of view, the enemy's butt is just like wiggling in his face. <laughs> it was just like, it was this this really janky, just like totally out there scenario of all these people running and chasing him trying to kill him but then also we're all just laughing at my one friend who's playing because he's basically getting pink eye from one of the characters (laughs) it was such a hilarious moment and it's games like this are so good for these type of scenarios like every time i play this i'm usually at one point or another just dying laughing because of how stupid this game can get um I won't talk too much about it other than that because I really haven't tried anything other than that horde mode, but I've had a lot of fun with it. It's an interesting game if you have, like I said, uh, a larger group of friends rather than just, you know, the normal four or three that you commonly see in multiplayer games. Or even if you are just one person who wants to play with others, it's, you know, it's it's got matchmaking. So I'm having a lot of fun with it. This is probably one of those games where I'll never really fully 
invest time into it to try and get good but it's just a hilarious game that i'll probably play on the side that i think is you know worth the pickup because it was on sale just recently but normally it's uh it's 30 bucks it's a little yeah it's a little i would say it's a little high depending on like in my regards of just wanting to do this on the side uh whenever but there's some people who would really get into this and we found other people in matchmaking that are just like super insanely good at this uh it is a fun game but if not i would say just wait for a sale that's what i did i waited until it was like 15 bucks like half off and i think it's definitely worth it for that or for 20 or something like that i i think it's a lot of fun for it yeah i've seen mordhow a couple times and i think it's really cool an update on the developer thing uh so this is developed by uh triterneon or however you're supposed to say it it is their first game they're an independent studio i believe based in sweden versus the chivalry devs are either torn banner studios or twin banner studios seemingly they're they're different um oh okay but no this game they seem so similar though that it yeah. It just it felt like it was from the same people. It, but yeah, I should have I should have done my due diligence. It kind of <laughs> reminds me of like a chivalry or like a mountain blade, uh something like that. Mm-hmm. Like Mordhau looks so cool. I'm I'm really into it. I like this direction-based combat system like I talked about in my unto the end demo impressions. I very much mm-hmm. enjoyed uh I very much enjoyed that in, like, I I thought For Honor was really cool, but I wasn't very good at it. But Kingdom Come Deliverance, I was a big fan of, and it has this, like, a similar combat style um, Mm -hmm. where it's all based on, like, how exactly you're holding your weapon, if you can deflect or not. Yes, exactly. I think that's really, really cool, and I like how you have to kind of focus on the the small changes in combat. I've always found that really, really awesome. Plus, it seems like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of really cool, like, weapons and stuff that you can get in Mordhau. Like, I saw a loot, and I'm like, what's that all about? Yeah, I don't, for some reason, I believe the loot is kind of useless and you could just like play around. It's more of like a gag thing, if I'm not mistaken. (laughs) But there are a good amount of different types of weapons. I love the fact that there's bear traps. (laughs) Once again, one of those moments, we literally set a bear trap down. And right as we set it down, one of our friends just walks right into it (laughs) and killed himself. And it's moments like that where, you know, obviously when you get better at the game, you're not going to do that. But while you're getting to that point there's just those hilarious moments that kind of bring you through yeah this kind of reminds me like i have a very similar feeling about this that i did from what is that game i honestly now that now i'm kind of blanking on it it's the kind of like left for dead s game but it's about like fantasy and like rats um Hmm. what is that freaking game called i'm totally spacing on it you played it a while ago vermintide yeah yeah vermintide Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah yeah Um, this, this gave me like vague Vermintide things uh, like feelings, but Mm -hmm. obviously it's, it's not the same, but either way, I think this would be really cool. I'm going to wait for a sale on it because I don't feel like paying $30 for a game. I probably only play a couple times, but yeah, I mean, seemingly if you're into this type of game, this has like a weird, like it has a decent amount of polish, but also this like looking like kind of this weird amount of jank that would make it Mm -hmm. super funny. Mm-hmm. so this seems like a yeah. perfect it's game a- to do like let's plays or just play with your friends yeah it's it's a good one i definitely recommend it 
All right. Uh, so let's move on to the game that I've been playing. Of course, I've been playing more Hades from Super Supergiant Games. Uh, we did get one code from the developers. I actually bought the game, but uh, the one that Josh was playing, we did get the code from the developers. So thank you so much for giving that to us. Uh, and take everything we say with a grain of salt, I guess. Or at least Josh. Have you beat him yet? Jeez. Um, no, Have I haven't beat, beat the game. Yet? I haven't. I haven't beat Elysium. I haven't beaten the game. I've only played a couple more matches. Um, but I heard you beat the game though. Mhm. Mm mhm. How'd that go? Because you didn't I've... do it on stream. I didn't get. To no, watch I didn't. It. You know what? I've beaten the game twice, and both of the times it wasn't on stream. God, you suck. <laughs> um, I know. It was. Uh, it's pretty annoying. The, and the second time I beat it was. I like flew through it and it was so easy. The shield is pretty broken. Okay, so uh, the first honestly, time you beat it was with the bow and the second was with the Aegis or the shield? With the shield, yeah. Yeah, the shield. And I, I also, I'm starting to understand more about the different combinations of the gods and so it's becoming a little easier because I'm in a way uh, just being smarter about how I play the game where you get that, you get that different uh, choice of changing your trinkets. And so it'll be something where when I first start, I put on the Zeus ring and then I go through a world and then I pick up a couple of Zeus power-ups. And then the next one, I swap that out and then I get the Poseidon thing. So I get that conch for the second world so that I get some of his power-ups. And then that makes it more likely that I'm going to get a boon that is their duo, which is the one where any knockback uh, attack will also cause a lightning bolt to strike. So things like that. So it's it's finding those synergies and then using the trinkets to my advantage to actually collect them. Like I remember talking on the, the, the first week when we were saying stuff about Hades and I was like, why would I ever do that? And it's one of those things where you start learning now that you're getting more into, oh, okay, this is how I beat the game. It's, it's trying to cheese, not really cheese the system, but in a way push a little bit more of the RNG to your favor using those trinkets. So I do enjoy the way those are set up. So um, did you find your favorite God? Cause you weren't sure last time what builds you were going to try to focus on. Are you a big fan of like Zeus or Poseidon? I am. So I'm a big fan of Zeus and Poseidon. I'm also a fan of Artemis yeah, she's my and favorite. yeah, Artemis and Ares. Cause you can do this combo where you have his rift blades from Ares uh, which I thought sucked at first. But if you go really deep into his tree of those rift blades, the spinny like circle blades, mm -hmm. and then you get an Artemis duo power that makes it last longer and also uh, follow enemies. So it like targets them. It becomes really useful because you can dash and then have those move. You can turn yourself into a rift and, and run around. You can shoot the casts out and have that rift go throughout. And it's like, so much damage everywhere there's also another one um who was it i forget who it was but there's one really insane duo where it's zeus and i think it might be artemis but it's anytime your cast like the red diamond mm -hmm. is on the ground not in an enemy or not uh you know yeah it's just waiting for you, you to I pick guess. it up it's just waiting for you to pick it up it will constantly shoot lightning bolts around that area and it does so much damage. Like you can win a, a game just with that alone and shoot the your casts out where you're not hitting the enemies and then just run away from them and just hide in a corner and let the, the casts do their own work. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, Artemis has to be my favorite. I, I really love like just one, I love her character. I think she's really cool how she's this kind mm -hmm. of like, 
lonesome hunter who doesn't seem to have like fantastic social skills and she i i don't know she seems to like have an interesting relationship with zagreus where he seemingly feels kind of like lonely and alone and she feels the same way i think that's really Mm -hmm. cool plus of course Mm -hmm. i love her aesthetic i think the huntress is super awesome and she's got awesome abilities like i'm a i typically use the bow so hers are pretty yeah awesome. it goes with it yeah you mm-hmm. you get like some sweet crits you they're like a bunch those of crits stuff do you can get a crazy amount of damage i've been when you do like crits and then dash uh dash damage is increased i'll end up doing like 900 damage a shot in certain cases if i'm backstabbing them yeah i love the mark ability too how you have it to where if Mm -hmm. you crit on one person you can actually like it it causes someone near them to get marked and Mm -hmm. like then that person takes more crit damage or is like uh it's it's more possible for you to get crit damage on them so if you increase your boon that gives you the possibility of crits or you level it up then it's you almost crit on like every enemy it's so cool i i really loved the i i really love the different boons and how you can get them to work with each other i'm i'm still kind of figuring it out um i have you upgraded your weapons yet like on one of your streams you were asking me about it okay cool yeah i finally i finally got to that point uh i think i had upgraded i don't know if i upgraded before i beat the game the first time but i know i have it now and i'm checking them out i think it's interesting there's so much that goes into this game and even when you beat the game like as per roguelite there is more after as far as you can keep playing but they they add different difficulty meters which you were mentioning why can't i get more titan's blood so what happens is once you beat the game and i won't ruin the actual story bit but they do it in a really great way to push you where it makes sense that you would go back and want to keep traveling outwards, even though you already escaped. Um, but once you do that, you unlock this kind of like a, a, a more challenging mode where you can increase certain things that will make it more difficult for you to get out. Like uh, traps do more damage. Enemies have more health. Enemies are quicker. You have uh, certain other negative traits against you or positive towards the enemy. And with each one, you do this thing called raising your heat gauge. And uh, as you fill that bar and you get to a certain level of heat gauge, you'll then unlock another set of Uh, being able to get the titan's blood getting the diamond getting ambrosia from all of those characters with the the same weapon so it's like once you put the added difficulty level on it you'll be able to go again and get it but it's only for that one level and then you'll have to go like another level and you'll be able to do it again that's kind of interesting okay i i one thing i love about the actual like upgrading the weapons is that i believe it's only the third upgrade but i'm not 100 percent sure because i've only done it once actually changes the appearance of the weapon and i think yes. that's really yep. really cool i've only done it with the bow because obviously that's that's my jam but it changes mm-hmm. it from that kind of like purple more edgy aesthetic to like it's just a bunch of skulls and i was mm-hmm. like oh mm-hmm. shit this is dope <laughs> I like it a lot. Yeah, uh, it's cool. But yeah, I, I'm i going to play some more. I think the game is really, really cool. Um, We'll talk about it in just a second in one of our news stories. But I honestly think I might just do the God Mode thing just so I can beat it. Um, okay. But okay. I don't really know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep trying. Elysium's kind of beating my ass. I'm just not good at video yeah. games in general, so... I'll give you a I'll 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 specifically craft a build for you that'll be easy to do. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, just 
Like I'm bad at video games. It's it's <laughs> fine. Look, I, okay. There's there's a build you can literally go, which is one of the coolest ones I think, which is that Zeus and Poseidon one, mm-hmm. where your main form of damage is just dashing. That's cool. Yeah, like your main form is having the dash from Poseidon to knock people back. You then get that upgrade where whenever you knock people back, you do rupture damage. And then you try to go for that Zeus build where you get the duo and Zeus will make it so anytime you knock enemies back, he also lightning strikes people. So you do like 100 to 200 damage every time you dash and you just dash around. Like you're just worrying about making sure you don't get hit. Uh, What's your favorite call? My favorite call, um, it was Athena for a while until I, I was like, well, technically I'm impervious during a lot of these calls. Yeah. So my favorite right now is actually Ares when he turns you into a big spinny blade. Yeah, the it blade does so rift, much damage. It's really yeah, it cool. does so much damage. Yeah, the only thing I don't like about it is that you have to be so close. I kind of like Zeus's because it just does like a lightning strike. But of course, mm-hmm. it just does it on like a random foe or I believe who's closest to you. So it's no. I, I also I I don't believe I've actually messed with Artemis's um, or I've gotten it and then just realized I was clicking the wrong button and wasn't actually using the call because that's happened. Uh, yeah, it just shoots an arrow if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it shoots like a seeking arrow. Mm-hmm. Mm. I just think it's really cool. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to play some more. I think Hades is a lot of fun. I love Zagreus. I love a lot of the characters. Uh, Dusa has to be one of my favorite characters. I think she's super cute and funny. But... I will possibly talk about it more um, next week. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to play a different game so that I can do that giveaway. But I'm not 100% certain. But what I am certain of <laughs> is that we're gonna be talking about some Binding of Isaac now, and Josh is super excited uh, about it. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> so our first news story is over on IGN. It's written by Jordan Oleman, and it is the Binding of Isaac repentance dlc is basically a sequel edmund mcmillan has revealed that the binding of isaac repentance a mega expansion uh or has revealed this mega expansion for the binding of isaac described by mcmillan as basically a sequel in a blog post on steam mcmillan uh provided an overview of the new dlc noting that the expansion is bigger than rebirth uh was to the og flash game the Binding of Isaac Rebirth was a 2014 make of the 2011, yeah, remake of 2011's Binding of Isaac, which brought a huge amount of new content to the game and saw it ported to current gen systems. This comparison speaks to how much of a sizable update Repentance will be. So I just, I just realized something that I would kind of like to get clarified. So Sam, if you're listening to this, please like hit me up on Twitter and let me know. In our episode 100, you said that Binding of Isaac was your favorite game, and I believe you talked about it on, uh, you you talked about playing it as a Flash game. I would kind of like yep. to know if, like, what your favorite version of the game is. So if you loved it most as, like, a Flash game, if you loved it as Rebirth, and then once Repentance comes out, if, if that kind of, like, changes anything for you, if you have, a like, a specific mm. state of the game that you enjoy the most, I think that would be kind of interesting to hear from you so sam if you're listening to this part hit me up uh obviously you couldn't tell me about repentance but you could tell me about the og flash and rebirth uh but that is the majority of this article with the exception of mcmillan added that the game is currently over 90 percent done uh, and tweeted that a release date for repentance has been pinned down uh but that the team 
sorry, it hasn't been pinned down, but the team does think it will be by the end of this year. They think it's still doable, uh, which suggests repentance may arrive before the end of 2020 if everything goes well. So, Josh, you can gush now. I'm so fucking excited. Are you kidding me? Dude, 130 new items, 25 new bosses, two new playable characters, and a full alternate path with brand new chapters and a new final boss and ending. That's so much. That's so much. And all of that, like one of the coolest things about this game, and, and some people will argue that they made it easier because of all these new synergies that are coming out and all these things that kind of break the game and blah, 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 blah. But I think it's so cool because there's nothing more fun about playing this game and starting out so weak and finding ways to, once again, this is just like Hades in and, and just like roguelites, why I love them so much is understanding the different items, understanding the different combinations and being smart enough to be like, I want to get this one, this one, this one, when they're, you know, obviously RNG showing up, but being able to pick those and then just become this amazing badass by the end of the game and destroying everyone in your way, having these new challenges, because obviously it's a roguelite and I've played a ton of it. So I know just about everything that's coming up. I know a lot of the rooms look the same, you know, as you start playing, like it's obviously random, but there's some of those that you can kind of tell like, okay, this is from here. This is this asset. This is this enemy. This is the type of room it is. I'm so excited, man. I'm I'm really like I feel bad for the listeners because if they don't like this game when it comes <laughs> out, I'm gonna be talking about it for a while. Like every other week I can see myself talking about what happened or what's new. And I'm like I'm so pumped because I just I love the idea of this game being as big of a sequel because it was one of those things where it's hard to say I, I think it was uh Sam who asked what would be your your favorite sequel last week and yeah. obviously i would say binding of isaac but it would be weird because it wouldn't make sense like the binding of isaac doesn't make sense to have a sequel other than legend of bumbo big boy <laughs> i mean yeah but that was a, well one that was a prequel yeah i was just but kidding two, i don't know <laughs> totally different no it doesn't matter and two, totally different game totally different play style which it was fun for sure but it's not like a sequel to the binding of isaac and I think this makes a lot more sense because I don't think from a story perspective it needs to have a sequel, but just adding more layers on top of it is going to be so fun. I cannot wait. So good. Do you so hope good. this comes out uh, in 2020 or is this something that you like you? Okay. I should say, are you chomping at the bit so much so that if this got delayed, like quote unquote delayed to 2021, would you be kind of like affected by that? No, I mean, Here's the thing is like, I barely have enough time to play the games that I have and to do other things. And I try to keep on top of things and play others, uh, types of games just because that way I have stuff to talk about in the podcast. I I'm keeping up with new games coming out. I know that when this comes out, it's going to be a total time sink for me. So I'm not chomping at the bits. I'm always going to love it. But if I really want more, I could still play Binding of Isaac. I could still have a good time with it. Like, I'm not at the point where I've just exhausted my interest with it. So I'll wait. I'd rather them, you know, keep this in the oven and bake it for longer, as however long they need, and then get that final product that's just amazing. I should ask you, did you play Binding of Isaac as a Flash game? Yeah, I did. I did. That's where I found it. Do you have like a preferred build of this game? I, I guess between the two, like, do you do you kind of enjoy that nostalgic feature of the Flash game over Rebirth? Or 
I mean, I obviously enjoy it for different reasons. If you were to say which one would I'd rather play today, it would 100% never be the Flash game because it was a Flash game. Like it was much, much poorly optimized for what you can do now in the game. There wasn't as much of features, the actual understanding of the game. Like there were a lot more random things that would happen in that game it wasn't as as finely tuned as it is now i think from a nostalgia point of view i think it's it's interesting and i i think that it's it's cool and it's obviously the roots of the game which is always important but i would rather obviously play the 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 newer model of it okay cool yeah i was just very curious about that but i am excited right. for you i'm 100 percent never gonna play this fucking game but oh my god it's so good you suck well i should clarify i have played binding of isaac rebirth before i'm just never gonna play it again because i'm just not good at these games and it's just not really like it's it's just not really my cup of tea which is kind of hilarious because it like perfectly matches with my yeah like my sense of humor but this is this is for you just get good yeah seriously maybe i do just need to get good but Speaking of getting good, I don't know what that means. Uh, over on GameSpot, <laughs> our next article is written by James O'Connor, and it is Hades writer explains script philosophy after player discovers incredible detail. Uh, Hades recently left early access and release. I'm not that doesn't really matter uh we're kind of just going to talk about the game's uh philosophy behind its writing because polygon's mike maharty noted on twitter that megara one of the furious bosses of the game chastised him during a fight for taking her down after taking on so many upgrades from the mirror in zagreus's room so out of curiosity, he reset this upgrades and found uh, fought her again and found that she actually acknowledges that he'd done it after their discussion. Uh, so doing it. Greg Cassavin popped up in the responses to offer some more insight, revealing that there are. There are different variations on the discussion you have with Meg back in the House of Hades after all this transpires, too. This isn't something uh, that's necessarily or yet. Yeah, that, yeah, necessarily directly visible to players, but it means that the game is incredibly reactive to what they do. In a follow-up, Cassavin explained that the simple philosophy underpinning the game's writing and said that an early access release made it easier to keep fine-tuning the characters and their interactions. The game sold... Okay, we talked about that last week. Mm -hmm. um, according to Cassavin, the game continued to add a new check condition as it grew... Uh, and by the time of full release, it was quite hard to track everything. The writer points out that the game has some complex subplots, not all of which uh, will necessarily be experienced by every player. In a separate Twitter thread, Cassavin talked about how the story of Hades is in... Oh, yeah, is unique in the way that uh, basically dying furthers the story. And he talks about the God mode, how it doesn't actually make you like godlike. It doesn't mean you can't die. It just gives you like further damage resistance so that you'll still die. So uh, it's so he says here how the setting is contextualized in the game. Um, so basically, it just makes it to where like you don't i believe i could pull it up right here instantly makes you tougher uh more so whenever you die so each time you die you get a little bit tougher and it makes the game a little bit easier for you but also gives you the possibility of kind of like getting that story and and learning and understanding because that was one of my issues uh with this game i guess like because the story is advanced so much if you 
like by death. I was always wondering if like somebody just beat this first try, how exactly mm-hmm. that would work for them. Like, would they just miss out on the entire story? Um, so, I mean, seemingly it obviously kind of. would. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I'm sure there's a bunch of scenes that I didn't get. Like I never got the Meg thing. I never got, uh, I'm sure a lot of scenes because uh, people who, who ended up completing the run in less than you know however many scenarios they get new context because as you beat that game the first time the world and all the people talk about how you did escape that's kind of interesting mm-hmm. so they actually remember it doesn't okay i'm not never mind i'm so, not gonna get yeah, too so into this because i don't yeah, want I don't you to wanna, spoil it I don't, for me i don't want to go too into spoilers but like they do it in a way that's very smart and it makes sense where contextually everyone understands that you've made it out okay okay this is pretty interesting how so i mean we're obviously both like big fans of this kind of like narrative structure uh would you enjoy more games moving forward especially roguelikes since death is such a thing uh for them to actually like i guess feature something that progresses story based on death because i know you're not like heavily story based kind of a guy you're more about the gameplay yeah yeah i think personally i really like hades and the way they've done this from a story perspective granted it's not going to be every game that that pulls me in that direction just because like you said i'm more about the gameplay in in a lot of regards but at the same time i'd like to see more developers take on this approach because i think this is the way to get people into the genre of roguelites because i love roguelites I love the replayability. I love the challenge. I love just the interesting mechanics that come with a roguelite. But it is very intimidating for people. It is very just uh, debilitating, just punishing. It's it's very challenging in a lot of ways. Something like a, a, a rogue legacy. There's a lot of people who probably play it and they're just, they're overwhelmed by certain difficulty points. And it sucks because there's a lot of good things about roguelites there's a lot of fun things there's a lot of great games out there and i think this is the way and we've seen it with hades obviously this is a much more fully polished game and there's they have every reason to be in the spotlight right now but i think a lot of people when they talk about this game they talk about the fact that when you die they're excited because they get something new they get that 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 boost of some type of story bit or some new information that pulls them and strings them along where they're they're okay with it right that's the problem is roguelites are so punishing but a lot of those are not like hey it's okay and here's why because it's part of the game this is how you get more of the story is by failing and then eventually getting better so i'd like to see more of that for the sense of just roguelites doing better as a genre in general because i want obviously more people to play it so more people want to make those types and also to make them well but i you know i i think it's an easy win i think it's it's also very challenging just saying that is not going to make it happen because <laughs> this took a lot of time right this is this is a, a very well-known team who has a track record of producing great content and i think not everyone is going to be able to do it in this fashion because one, they would have to take this early access approach that I think makes sense because they built this as they were building the game, right? This is something where they strategically 
maybe lack of better, not really strategically in, in a way of knowing everything right from the start, but they did this in such small iterations that they were able to make those steps where they said, here's that next part of the game so we can add a story element to it. We can add another bit to it that makes sense. And so I think it's it's tough, but I'd love to see it because I think people will gravitate to this a lot more than just having a really good gameplay mechanic. How do you feel about this this god mode? Because it, it's kind of like an accessibility option, but it still requires you to die. It doesn't make you invincible or anything like that. So right. it seems like you still have to have somewhat of skill in this game. How, how do you feel about that and like it possibly being implemented in other roguelikes? Yeah, I don't... I've talked about this with developers before, uh, especially in like the interviews that I do of what their their mindset is with accessibility. And it's, it's tough, right? Because on the one hand, you want people to be able to get through this game and you want them to experience it. And I, I am totally on that side. But at the same flip side of that coin, it doesn't feel... Especially, it depends on the, the story that's being told, but it doesn't have that same weight of being able to play this game, being just stuck right having that 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 being your face stuck in the mud so many times and you're just like i just want to get through hades and that first time you beat him and you you actually get through fighting these different these different bosses you're so rewarded you're so you know you're just overjoyed because you finally did it you overcome that 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 giant feat and i i think there is something to be said about there's some point where you can say no it should be harder um but i I think i think it's worth it i think it's it's i'd rather see it in the game because there are people who are going to play it like for you if if the game is too much for you and you you want to go to god mode because you just want to experience the story that's totally fine and i think you should because i i think the story is worth it right but at the same time there's people like me who i i just don't want to do that because uh, for me personally i want that challenge i want to try and beat it i i want to get to that point of saying like, okay, I did it. But just because I played it a certain different way and you played it another way isn't to say that our experiences don't add up to the same value. It's just how much does the game mean to you? What are you trying to get out of it? And I think giving the options there and letting people decide is something that we should do. It's just, you know, don't make it uh, a mandatory thing. Like, I don't know, like don't make it something where they get less or the other person gets more because of the way they do it. Obviously, intrinsically, you're going to get that depending on uh, how you feel about the game. But from a gameplay perspective and a story perspective, I think they should have it and just, you know, whoever wants it, they can use it. Yeah, I th- sorry, I that was think a big that's rant. A good way to do it. No, you're totally fine. I love hearing you rant about roguelikes because you actually understand them and <laughs> and know what you're talking about. Uh, our last news story for today is over on Gamespot. It's written by Stephen T. Wright, and it is cartoony shooter shotgun farmers demonstrates Xbox or demon what dominates, dominates. Da- not demonstrates dominates xbox charts. <laughs> here are the xbox charts Thanks let me demonstrate them for you. <laughs> uh 
Have you ever won? Okay, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a game called Shotgun Farmers that uh, is super punny, and all the guns are made out of different kind of crops and stuff like that. Uh, So it's currently excessively popular on Xbox. A few factors uh, have likely led to the surprise success of this game. For one, its asking price is only $10. That's not only on, of course, the like Xbox, but it's also on PC as well. Um, but it's only $10, which is much less than other paid shooters. For another, mm-hmm. the farm-themed gunplay is friendly for all ages and finally developer megastorm games has promoted the game heavily on social media under the name uh quasi tv i guess kind of mm-hmm. uh q a z i tv so i'm just gonna say that's crazy yeah maybe quasi tv quasi tv let's yeah. go with that quasi uh particularly so quasi. the platform tiktok many of its pa sorry many of its posts on the service have more than 1 million views Quasi TV, I guess, um, has <laughs> uploaded videos on YouTube and TikTok that detail future plans for the game, including a gun game slash arms race style mode called Crop Swap, which is pretty cool. Uh, fans <laughs> of farming based pumps and simple arena suiters may find a lot uh, to like here. So you were like looking at shotgun farmers and you were relating it to atomic crops. Does this, you yeah. kind of enjoyed the atomic crops. Does this make you want to play shotgun farmers at all? Not at all. No. <laughs> I loved atomic crops, but no, I have no interest in, in shotgun farmers. And that's not to say it's a bad game. I just, I know what I'm interested in. It's definitely not this. I will say though, this looks super funny and creative. I love the fact that they're, growing their own guns in a way because you, i saw you're growing like asparagus out of the ground you grab it and it becomes a sniper and you get to use it and so they're just spawning throughout the map and then you pick them up and you're able to attack people like i think it's very creative i think it's cute and it, it does have that family friendly kind of style to it um i think the more interesting part about this is the power of social media in general to promote indie games and i think also the power of tiktok since that seems to be the big thing right now especially with the younger uh generations which can we just like take a sidebar we talked about this a little bit before but we we kind of shut it down um before the podcast wasn't tiktok's canceled like what is happening with that like am i, I have no idea crazy um, i heard that you can't do this like what changed there was there was some sort of issue where like uh tiktok's ownership had to change they were possibly going to be purchased by microsoft and then i guess more recently there was a different company that either purchased or just partnered with them to make it okay Oh, okay well i thought it fell through that's why i thought it was totally out i honestly Uh, don't know i i have no idea what's happening tiktok is kind of an enigma for me like i don't have it i don't look at it I don't really understand it for the most part, but I think the feud with TikTok is kind of weird um, <laughs> because people are all about like, oh, China's stealing your data and all sorts of stuff. And it's like, but they are through many different means. Like I, yeah, I mean, President Trump isn't exactly super uncomfortable about like Tencent. Um, so I don't. Well, yeah, people have, have kind of gotten uh a little bit nervous about that though. oh yeah so we'll people see. are all up in arms about it i'm just saying that it's not like a mainstream thing i guess like mm-hmm. once again like president trump isn't super i guess gung-ho about getting tencent out of all these american companies like 
fucking epic games and all sorts of stuff so i i don't really know um but whatever we'll we'll see what happens i'm i'm interested to see the effect that tiktok continues to have i guess i i don't really know <laughs> uh, yeah i mean i don't know too much about it i i scroll and watch a couple videos every so often but uh so you actually have tiktok I do have TikTok, yeah. And but so I had it and I was like, I thought this was canceled, but I don't use it often enough to care. And I thought there was also someone saying that, oh, you can still use it, but you can't download it anymore or something. I don't know. I don't care enough, but I just, I thought it was interesting that it's still this big popular thing. Yeah. I mean, people are super Basically, into I'm it. an old person is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> people are super into it. And I know that a lot of the creators on there are actually starting to jump ship because it's possible that the platform might like disintegrate basically. Right. So yeah. I, I think it's a good idea that they're doing it. Like it, it sounds kind of bad, but I'm, I guess I'm glad that there was so much of like a, a like a public argument about TikTok that would allow all of these different creators to then like move their communities to different platforms because this isn't something that happened with uh, I forget what it's called what was that weird streaming like it was like a Twitch service that went under. Uh, you're talking about Vine. No, no, it was it was like a Twitch like service uh, that like Ninja and Shroud all went to oh, exclusively. Oh, Mixer. Yeah, Mixer. See, Mixer like they went under very quickly, and no one really knew about it, so they couldn't like especially small creators couldn't migrate their audiences to other platforms. So they just had mm-hmm. to build them up entirely back over on Twitch or over live streaming on YouTube. Versus TikTok has had such like a public facing problem in the United right. States that now like a lot of these like bigger and smaller creators can now jump ship and go to like different platforms and move have that time to move their communities so i think that's kind of cool but enough about tiktok we have talked enough about our news stories it is time for us to get into news cramp news cram is our weekly wrap-up segment where we the hosts of indie pod and indie games podcast cram be full of all sorts of indie game news this week we have two quick news stories one new steel and quick one new deal and quick steel and a whole bunch of new stuff so our first quick news story for today comes by way of IGN, where it's reported that Spelunky 2 uh, did not actually launch with its online co-op functionality, but it will, and this is just kind of like, a, I guess, a consolation, uh, but it will eventually be implemented and will include cross-play with the PlayStation 4 players of the game, which is pretty nice. I think that's really cool. I love crossplay in general. Uh, and <laughs> over on Nintendo Life, it's reported that Rain Games, developers of the Metroidvania Tesla Grad, have announced that they are currently working on a sequel titled Tesla Grad 2, yet that is all the information that was given. So did you... Mm-hmm. I knew you were super excited about Spelunky 2. Did you... Have mm-hmm. you played it at all? No, I haven't played it yet. I want to, I just haven't had the time. And I know I want to dedicate a good amount of time because Spelunky and Spelunky 2, obviously, since it's the sequel, they're really tough games and they take a lot of just constant playing. If you're like, if you're scared of a roguelite, don't start with Spelunky. Although it is so amazing, Spelunky is an awesome game, but man, you will die a lot. It is very punishing. So I want to have a little bit more time to actually just be able to dedicate and try to get good, so to speak. Um, so I just haven't picked it up yet. And also the co-op is is something that I am interested in because oh, okay. I know a buddy of mine wants to play it as well. So 
when it is official, that's probably when I'll jump in because I'll be able to say like, hey, let's play together and then try to, you know, sacrifice some of my time to really focus, not sacrifice, dedicate uh, to Spelunky. So do you think you're just going to like you're you might get the time pretty soon to play Spelunky 2, but do you think you'll just wait until this co-op functionality comes in? Because I know you're like a big co-op guy. You even talked about earlier that you have like a group of six people that you're playing Mordhau with. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I'll probably wait just because there's there's a lot of games, right, that are out that I kind of want to check out. Um, not from an indie side. Like, I want to check out the new Crash Bandicoot game. Um, Chris said good be, things. I, I yeah. saw him on Twitter talking about it. Yeah, I was on. I was actually on Active Quest uh, just last night doing a, a recording, uh, which I think will come up. It should Monday? go out on Monday. Yeah, they post so on by Mondays. the time yeah by the time this is actually up, it'll be available. So obviously go check them out because they're super cool and they let me come on. But they all were talking about Crash Bandicoot because they got a copy or got like two copies from Activision, and I was like, oh, I'm so You're jelly. Just chilling there, in... feeling left out. <laughs> yeah, dude. Because I was like, yep, we're an indie game uh, podcast, so they would not give us anything. <laughs> I don't know. There are like there. I I have asked for games through like um like terminals and stuff like that, and they have given it to me even though it's not an indie game. So yeah, I don't know. But also, I'd feel bad because I'm probably not going to be talking about it. Yeah, there's uh, not really a place that you could showcase your content. That's why I'm saying you just got to become a big Twitch streamer, big boy. I mean, that is kind of the the thing. Like, I'm I'm starting to think about like trying to stream but also i feel like my brand should be that i stream indies right it's there's just too much to it you know i mean you could do a lot you can have like i mean twitch streamers are they have like i guess freedom in the way that they play games and what games they play so you could always do certain days that are indies and other days that aren't like Mm, it just depends on how much time you want to put into like scheduling your right like twitch yeah that's true i mean mine have been sporadic and i just do like late night two hour spans uh of streaming and i've done like four days a week or something like that but i have no like schedule to it and it's kind of just one of those things where i play when i'm free it's kind of why i don't think i'm ever gonna get any type of following because i just i'm just like well i kind of want to play a game and i might as well stream to see if anyone else is around but whatever i'm having fun with it i we'll see um but this was a weird tangent anyway game super good but uh there's a lot out there, so I'll probably take a little bit of time with Spelunky. And plus, it's such a big, popular one. Like, if you don't know about Spelunky already, like, we're not going to add so much value to talking about it. Um, I mean, maybe if people want to hear us talk about it, then I would. But for the most part, I think a lot of people have already talked about Spelunky. Something that I find super weird, though, is that Spelunky, like, I, I don't know if it's just me and I'm just not, like, in the roguelike scene, but I guess the two would go together. Spelunky kind of like people talking about it kind of fizzled and died out a lot in my like Twitter feed and most everyone is just talking about Hades yeah I mean it definitely got overshadowed but I also think that Hades is just an easier one to to talk about because like we like we said it has that that story side to it it has that progression that feeling of progression even when you're not making progress because of the way they've designed failure in the game. Whereas Spelunky, failure is just inevitable and you do not feel any more prepared to, to change things in the game. Like there's certain shortcuts you can take, but it doesn't really prepare you for anything. Like Spelunky is a very, very roguelike ask game where it is all about the knowledge that you gain 
from it, that's going to be your form of progression. It's you getting better because of you understanding things more and you getting more comfortable with the mechanics. It's not like you get to upgrade yourself at a mirror like in Hades. Okay. I'm I'm very interested to see how like Spelunky and Hades stack up when it comes to like game of the year discussions. Um, mm-hmm. But on to some new deals and quick steals. Our first and only deal of this week comes our way of GameSpot, where it's reported that aquatic exploration game Abzu by Giant Squid will be completely free on the Epic Game Store from October 8th, 2020 to October 15th. Of course, if you're listening to this on Patreon, um, you can actually get Piku Niku completely free uh, on the Epic Game Store currently. I tweeted about it earlier because I know free audiences will sadly not be able to get that, but please mm-hmm. uh, make sure you're always checking the Epic Game Store for those free games because you can get some really cool stuff completely free. So, just mm-hmm. a recommendation. Uh, Josh will mm-hmm. say, do not spend money. Eh, spend some money, too. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Why spend money when there's all this good free stuff? <laughs> Epic's doing great things. All for free. <laughs> Uh, now onto some new stuff. Our first six items in new stuff come by way of Nintendo Life, where it's reported that action platformer, what? Yeah, I, I don't know. Action <laughs> platformer Horus by Paul Hellman and Sean Scaplehorn is heading to the Nintendo Switch on October 21st. Good game. Check it out. That Mash 3 puzzle game, Flippon by Damien Mayance uh, and Pixelnest Studios, is headed to the Nintendo Switch on October 8th. That Souls like action platformer, 3000th Duel by Neo Popcorn Corp just received a new free dlc that will add 150 more regions 60 new monsters and a new hard mode and much more to the game that open world rpg ninth dawn 3 shadows of ethril uh, by valorware is headed to the nintendo switch on october 6th 2020 that puzzle platformer 10 second ninja x geez i'm having some issues reading uh by four circle interactive is headed to the nintendo switch sometime early next year and lastly that puzzle platformer projection first light by shadow play studios sweaty chair or sweetie chair i don't know could be either i don't know how to read uh and blowfish studios is now available on the nintendo switch now over on IGN where it's reported that developer Mediatonic has announced that Fall Guys Season 2 will begin on October 8th, 2020. That The Pathless by developer Giant Squid is set to release on PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Apple Arcade, and PC on November 12th. And lastly, that Survival Horror Game, and I do not know how to say this, so just go with me. <laughs> it's Strobophagia. I guess uh, rave horror by green title digital is headed to PC via steam on October 28th and round out the group over on GameSpot, It is reported that fall guys ultimate knockout just received yet another indie game costume this time in collaboration with Nomada studio, the developer behind the emotional puzzle platform agrees. So you can actually get like a, a kind of, I guess it's a wig of the main, like the main character's hair from Grease. It's super weird. And lastly, that action roguelike game Hades by Supergiant Games just received a patch on the Nintendo Switch that it was meant to fix, uh, of course, a bunch of different things, but mainly to fix a game-breaking bug that caused players to be unable to load their save files. So they would actually, the only way that they could get past that is by making a new save file. Um, But now, apparently, that they fixed this, you can go back to your old save file, but I don't know how much time you might have put in 
to a new one. So that kind of blows for you. I am very sorry if that happened to you. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's nothing else to that. <laughs> yeah. It just sucks. Uh, now it's time for us to hop into God Bless the Crowd. We've, of course, been blessed with so many amazing indie game news stories that we got to get back to the creators and God Bless the Crowd. This is where the biggest of average Josh boys hops into all sorts of crowdfunding sites, find something cool for us to talk about, and we do just so. I believe this game actually came up in our uh, episode with Tom Marks, but mm-hmm. this is Demons Ain't My Neighbors. Damn! Uh, which actually <laughs> now I get why he says damn so much. It's still just so annoying. Um, yeah. Demons terrorize y'all's neighbors in a funky manic road light shooter exercise neighbors from hell with squirt guns in 91. The developers are currently looking for almost $200,000. It's $199,100 is their goal. They have 552 backers with 12 days left to go and they currently have 42000 186 backers as of the time of this recording to get in on the ground floor and actually get a code for the game it is $18 or more they of course have the $5 tier which gets your names in the credits um I think that's way cooler than just thanks I do not like the just thanks thing but getting your name in the credits that's cool I do like Mm -hmm. that so Mm -hmm. Josh you were a fan of like the zombie ate my neighbors retro game uh so how do you feel about demons ate my neighbors so uh, to take a step back, yes, Zombies Ate My Neighbors is probably one of my favorite games from the older generations back on the SNES. I was such a big fan of it. I loved the idea of it. I love that this game is obviously inspired by it and that they're sticking very close to the roots in various small things like jumping on a trampoline. There's one part where you're doing that. It's the same exact way that it happened in zombies ate my neighbors the fact that you're using these squirt guns the theme of everything that's happening they've obviously changed a bit around the art style is much different the different upgrades to your squirt gun uh of having like different forms of attacks is very new and i think an interesting added effect to this game um i will say the price for this as far as kickstarter goes like their goal seems really high um and i i I, and that's not to say like i don't believe in this game or that i don't want it but i just think that there's no way that they can make this in 12 days to go i i mean obviously i could be wrong i mean Um, you have said in the past like the last week the last is kind of like that home stretch is where they make most of their money yeah, well, they usually make their most the most money in the first week and the last week, and I feel like based on their goal, this is it's a stretch, right? I mean, yeah. nothing is impossible. You can clearly make it, but I think this is going to be tough for them. But I, I really like it. I, I will say that I'm not 100% behind the way the animation looks. The, the style to this feels very like Zombies Ate My Neighbors, but it's a lot more cartoony just because it's obviously not the older like 8-bit or 16-bit whatever it was I don't know 16-bit makes more sense um but I do I do just I, I want a Zombies Ate My Neighbor again and this is like the closest I'll ever get to that uh I really I, I kind of want to just I want to play it before I give money to it if that makes sense like this seems yeah, like a you game wish that they could, had a demo yeah, this seems like a game that could be awful, to be honest. Like, I don't I don't mean any disrespect behind what they're doing. Like, I just, it's easy to make a game like this feel terrible. Yeah, yeah, I get where, what you mean. Yeah, but at the same time, like, 
I want more Zombies Ate My Neighbors. I thought that was such a cool game when I was uh, a kid. This, the nostalgia factor is obviously there. If you have that same feeling, you might want to do this because it is, you know, it's $18. It's not the end of the world kind of a thing. It's something where, and it, it's interesting. Okay, yeah, 2021. So it's about a year away that you would get it uh, is what it looks like as far as their estimated delivery date. And I do like the fact that, once again, we talked about this, it has co-op. There's, just like in Zombies Ate My Neighbors, there's a two-person mode where you get to go in and play with a buddy. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be online co-op. I don't know if it was set anywhere. Uh, if it's not, that would be a super bummer because, obviously, especially in COVID times, you know, it's kind of tough. Um, but at the same time, I still I, I love having that. You know, maybe it would be something where I get my wife to play with me um, if she would ever play a game with me. Uh, but but like, I don't know. I think it's really cool. Uh, I just I wish the art style was a little different. I wish there was a demo so I could really get a feel for what it, it feels like. But I want to see this succeed. It's just one of those things where, like I said, their goal, it's super high. I don't know if they'll get it. I mean, if people are listening and they're like, oh, we got to rally more people behind this it's possible, but it is, it's a, it's a lofty goal. Uh, so for me, I really like the art style, but that's probably because I don't really have nostalgia, uh, for zombies, ate my neighbors. So I, I don't have like a, a big issue with it. Um, of course I wouldn't be me and God bless the crowd. If I didn't talk about this trailer, I really like the trailer a lot. I love the live action portions of it where it's obviously an homage to the like old evil dead movies. I think that's, really really awesome uh the only thing i hate is the audio in it if i'm being completely honest at times Mm. the audio gets super quiet to the point where you can't hear it and other times it lacks like background audio uh and gets super uncomfortable that like i i like a lot of the style and it's possible that they did a lot of that on purpose it's just kind of off-putting um it's it's similar to like I since I've been taking this like audio production class in college right now I've been focusing a lot more on trying to hear the differences in audio and like once I found out what like auto ducking is and uh just like lowering audio volumes uh while people talk in video games it became super off-putting that I noticed it so often in Hades and I didn't like it because people would take pauses and then two seconds later start talking again and they're like the audio volume of the music would go up and down rapidly and it's super jarring but yeah yeah, so audio has become something of an issue for me um and obviously I'm only talking about the trailer so this isn't about the game but right of course yeah 100% just about the trailer um the game itself I think it looks really cool I like that art style once again uh because I don't have that like nostalgic fix I like that it has this more minimalist HUD that's based in this watch but I feel like a lot of it might be hard to see which kind of sucks um especially because like you especially in a rogue like I feel like you need to know uh, like if there are any like sort of status effects, your health, like all sorts of stuff. I feel like that's something that you need to know about. Um, mm, but mm. I feel like the squirt guns are really cool. I like that. Like <laughs> you, you can change out different, uh, different pieces of it. So you get yeah. seemingly like different firing types. You can like, I guess 
supposedly you can like power it up more based on the amount that you pump it i think that's really cool and i think their bosses like their boss designs are really really awesome i love this like werewolf-esque like sheriff i think that's very very cool um plus they have this like creature from the black lagoon miss kayla gill uh she's thick and i'm a big fan i knew you were gonna say some shit i was like i was waiting for it she's looking good okay i'm feeling her Plus, she's got those six-pack abs, so, like, she could crush me with those thighs, and, like, I would be a fan of it, uh, like Abby from The Last of Us. So, yeah, I'm I'm feeling this game, but it's – I'm going to tell you right now, I – I personally wouldn't back it just because this isn't my kind of game and I will not play it when it comes out. Um, I just don't have the nostalgia for it. I think it looks very cool. And if you're a fan of uh, roguelites or possibly like zombies ate my neighbors, then this might be for you. Um, But I would at least recommend if you are a fan of that old school style, popping over to this Kickstarter, checking it out. Uh, they have some cool physical rewards that I think are really awesome. Like you can get a bomber jacket. Uh, you can get like an April figure, which I think is really cool. One of their stretch goals is actually, and I think it's really cool that a lot of these stretch goals, like, well, I shouldn't say a lot of them cause it's the first one that I saw, but they're not <laughs> stretch goals to get on the PlayStation four Xbox one. They're stretch goals to get on the PlayStation five or the Xbox series X, which All I right. think is really cool. Um, that they're shooting for that but of course that's like at 300k and at 400k so they're pretty lofty goals but yeah i think it's cool that we're possibly going to start seeing people like uh shooting for next gen consoles instead of current gen so i like Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. yeah it's i mean to take a step back and just like talk about that as opposed to this kickstarter in general it's going to be a weird area especially for kickstarters because you get into that weird time frame where Although being on next gen is important because there's such a small range of games. So anyone who has those consoles, you have a much more likelihood that they're going to play your game. You also run into the issue that if you're looking at the market for who has a PS4 versus who has a PS5 right from the start, you definitely have a much, much more limited audience in the PS5 bucket. So it's, it's tough, right? Yeah, yeah, I I definitely think this is like kind of a weird teeter-totter like you would have to you very you have to toe that line because of course you can get a high return on like the 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 PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X because like you said the install base is like or the uh the cata- like the catalog of games is fairly mm-hmm. small especially mm-hmm. for first party games which this obviously isn't one but it's just the amount of games that are on it are pretty small so I feel like games like uh Falconeer and The Pathless are going to do really well but you yep. also run into that possibility of people like they they don't want to buy your game on those consoles they want to buy it on their playstation 4 or something like that so i i don't know i feel like it would have been yeah, better to re- to to shoot for releasing it on like all of these platforms or possibly like if the game succeeds so you like you offer stretch goals for the playstation 4 and the xbox one and then if like if you hit those then later on you could re-release the game as like a definitive edition um yeah. on later consoles when more people already have them i don't know i i feel like you definitely make a great point that it's it's like i i, I don't know that it i guess is like kind of that that balancing act between the yeah two. it's a it's a catch-22 because yeah. on the one hand you want to 
push to the newer generation. You want to get those people. But at the same time, when you're thinking about how are you going to make the most money, like what's the biggest bang for your buck? It's probably going to those consoles that are from last generation because there's already so many people with it. Like not everyone day one or even year one will go to the next generation. Yeah, and even then you have to worry about discoverability on those platforms. So like mm-hmm. with the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X, there's not going to be a lot of games. So like you said, a lot easier for people to find it versus the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One and, and PC and Nintendo Switch. They're already so like such a big library on them mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. It, it might be harder for people to like actually find your game but right. i don't know i'm i'm interested in this i'm interested to see if it succeeds because it has such a lofty goal of almost two hundred thousand dollars if it gets yeah. past that and actually gets to one of these console ports i think that would be insane but <laughs> i'm i'm we'll interested see. to see where it goes uh any mm-hmm. last bits you want to talk about with demons ate my neighbors before we move on to our listener questions no i think you covered it pretty well i think i think we're good to move on Okay, awesome. So moving on to our listener questions, uh, Zach Durham wrote in and said, what's the worst kids meal tour you ever got as a kid? Mine was Invisible Pets from Taco Bell, which I think is super funny. I I don't know why, but imagining Taco Bell giving away toys is so weird to me. They're like, (laughs) we give away diarrhea and shitty toys with kids meals. Um, It was literally a clear plastic mold of a cat. And if you push a button, it meowed. Also, you guys should check out Struggling. It's one of the weirdest looking platformers I've ever seen. I just want to hit on Struggling real quick. That it looks gross. It looks real gross. I want to try it out. Disgusting. It seems like something I'd be into. Yeah, I mean, we were like big into to carry on. Like you played it, I still haven't played I it yet. Loved carry on, but it's so good. It reminds me so much of that, like that meaty yeah. mess. Like struggling yeah. looks so gross, and it's like a co-op puzzle platformer, which you're a big fan of co-op. Um, I so I think struggling would be one that you'd probably really enjoy. But probably. it looks so gross. Oh yeah, my I need god. To see- I need to see who would play with me because it would be one of those things where I'm trying to find games, like I said, for my wife to, to play with me. Uh, I'm starting to get back into that push of like, hey, we should do this together. But this is definitely not the one to start with because there is no <laughs> way she's going to want to play all of the, the gross stuff that is involved with struggling. You mean you're not just like, hey, you should play Binding of Isaac. She actually she did play with me. So no this, way. this is a weird tangent, but. Um, the other day she was playing games with me on the switch and I was like, play the binding of Isaac, try it. And it's, it's nuts to me because there's things as gamers that we take for granted because we've just, we've over the years built this, this, just this ability to, to understand games and to play games. And we've, we've built that mechanic in ourselves to know what to do specifically when you think of your hands and you think of being able to control one view of like where you're moving and another like this is for twin six shooters specifically but one thumb to move your character and the other to know where you're going to shoot that is just impossible for people who have never played games before it just they do not grasp the concept at all and it's so crazy to me because i i would be able to just pick that up and it's like it's second nature but it's it's so funny to watch them struggle and just be like, I need to attack, so I'm gonna walk straight like right into the <laughs> enemy, and I'm like, no, stop, like stop moving, just attack. And it it's one of those things where it's really hard to coach someone on that because it's just something I've I've over the years gotten better at because you play games over and over again. So I was like, okay, how about you worry about shooting? Like, let's take it one step at a time. 
I'm going to take one of the Joy-Cons because I was playing it on a Switch. I'll take one Joy-Con. You take the other. And so I controlled Isaac and just ran around and was like running from the enemies and just had her trying to learn how to shoot and kill everything. We got pretty far in it too. It was it was actually a lot of fun. That's super cool. That's kind of like the uh, that IGN series where they played Breath of the Wild in that way. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like linked together or something like that where uh-huh. I think it was like Brian Altano and somebody else. But yeah, that's super cute that you did that. Yeah, I, it, I, was, it was a lot of fun, too. Uh, I enjoyed it. That would be an interesting Let's Play series to see Josh and uh, the the biggest of average Josh boy's wife just playing some <laughs> playing some games, but with one Joy-Con each. I would watch that. I know. That. We, need to, we need to retool that name for her. But yeah, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> Maybe I could use her actual name if I ever learn it, because I'm going to be honest, mm. I don't think I know your wife's name. So Florencia. What? Florencia. That's such a cool yeah, we just call her Flor for short. Do you? I would assume you would call her Florence, because I think that's the character's no. name in Florence. No, she hates when people call her that. Really? Uh, yeah, Florencia. Um, she hates when people call her Florence or when people call her Flora. And that's weird. My dad, and I think it's I don't know, like an older generation. Maybe it's like a common name, but like my dad and some of my other family members, they always call her Flora. And I have tried to correct them, and they just do not get it. They're like, Flora. No, 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 just Flora. Take the A out. They're like, Flora, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, God damn it, no. <laughs> but, um, yeah, her name is Florencia. She's uh, she's a cool person. Anyway, uh, we should probably answer the question, though. Yeah, uh, yeah. What's the worst kid's meal toy you've ever gotten as a kid? So I think the worst toy I've ever probably gotten, we, we talked a little bit of, about this beforehand, but uh, you know those like, and I don't know why, because I always think of them as those like 25 cent things, but I guess mm-hmm. there was some specialty to it, but it was like just one of those sticky hands and sticky hands are really cool where you would, they would just be literally what it sounds like. It's a hand and there's a long string attached to it and it would stick to things when you like smack it onto things and it was super fun and I loved it, but it also got super gross by about the first three or four smacks you get in yeah because it would get all dirty yeah it was great for like cleaning lint off of things don't get (sighs) me wrong but that's not what a kid cares about and what you just get is a less sticky disgustingly feeling hand at the end of the day and you're like this is not what i wanted (laughs) yeah i I'm going to be honest. I can't remember. Like, I have this issue with my childhood where I can't remember a lot of it. Um, A lot of trauma. Yeah, apparently. Um, I just can't remember the majority of my childhood, and it actually really bothers my friends, which I think is super funny. But... (laughs) So I don't remember a lot of the like the lot of the kids meal toys that I got as a kid. Um, I'm gonna be a hundred percent honest though. The fact that like they do paper craft stuff nowadays just pisses me off because that's like <laughs> you're just getting robbed, dude. They're just giving you paper and they're like, you build the toy, and I'm like, nah, bruh, fuck you. You Damn. like give me a fucking toy or like we were talking about those uh the disc launchers the cuphead disc launchers yep, from yep. Arby's I don't like disc launchers I think I might have said that in that episode I don't sure like them okay <laughs> I they bother me apparently somebody gave out Beyblades though that's fucking dope you're giving out like <laughs> Beyblades I would shit my pants if I went to Burger King got a Beyblade as a kid. You know what the coolest toys were? Do you remember when they used to have those Pokemon things from Burger King? They had like those the gold, gold cards. Dude, those things were so cool. Yeah. 
those were the coolest toys I've ever seen somebody give away. And <laughs> I remember people having like massive collections of them when yeah. I was a kid. Yeah, I had a bunch of them back then. Dude, they were, I mean, they seemed like they were going to be like a collector's item. I'm sure there's someone who has them and it's worth some amount of money, but They're they just, they like look $2. so cool. Those things are like worth dirt now. Nothing uh, well, yeah, kept obviously. And, and nothing but, that you kept was actually that like worthwhile. But it, it like, it seemed like a little gold bar of a, a Pokemon. Like it was just so cool. It was so weird. And it came in that big plastic, like Pokemon, uh, Pokeball. It was really cool. Yeah, I but to to answer your question, I guess I've never had I, I personally cannot remember a toy that I found really like terrible. But I think nowadays, like if I was a child now and I got a paper craft toy, I would just fucking kill somebody. I'd be done. <laughs> I mean, are you fucking kidding me? This ain't Nintendo Labo. I'm not playing with this fucking paper, dude. Mm-hmm. Except for I did get some paper craft Hollow Knight things, and I just thought that was super cool. I got that with my Hollow Knight Collector's Edition from Fangamer. That was fucking dope. But right. other than that, not a fan of Papercraft. But <laughs> Surviving Opiates writes in with a much more, uh, you know, like serious topic. Yeah. Um, and writes in and says, would you try a game about opiate addiction even if it's not a struggle you deal with personally? Would you like to learn about what leads to substance abuse, the dangers addicts face, and difficulties of recovery? <laughs> and this is where it gets interesting. Um, or does this topic make you think, ew, F them and their problems? It takes a real quick turn. Yeah, Josh, so would you play a game like that? I would. Uh, this goes into so personally, as far as opiate addiction, I'm I'm not someone who's super into the topic, but I am very into the topic of um, usually like disorders and mental breakdowns and things like that, which I think can play a little bit uh, of a part of that. I I usually am into seeing these different experiences. Like one of my favorite things about video games and different medias in general is that you get that insight into a different world that's not your own, right? So I think it's super creative. Well, I mean, it is. It's it's a topic that's not very much explored. I think it would be interesting to see what that looks like. I don't know what that would play like though, right? Is are you the person who has the addiction? Are you feeling their experience? Are you trying to help someone who has that addiction? Like, I think that, like, I, I don't understand what the mechanic would be like in that regards. But to the same point, we, we talked about uh, the game Before I Forget, or at least we did the interview with them. And that was all about having schizophrenia and being in that person's shoes and what it feels like. So if it's something like that, I think it would be interesting because it's it's a window into something that i would have no way of ever finding out about and it's more of that like food for thought uh i would never say ooh f them and their problems i i think that's a weird take um i mean granted i don't know if it would be something like it's a weird idea and i think depending on how it's implemented it could be like whether it's a difference between the game being fun or more of a information and, and kind of like experience, I think you get a more experience side of that and not everyone's into that type of game. So I think it, it warrants a specific audience. But um, to be frank about this, the person who wrote into the question also reached out to me because I do these developer interviews and they said they're working on this game specifically uh, and they wanted to know if, they would be able to come on to the podcast to actually 
do an interview and I said, yeah, whenever you're more fully fleshed out with the game and you have stuff to talk about, like, sure, come on board. And so I am interested to see kind of some of those answers to the questions of, of what this will really look like, because I think that plays into whether or not I would be more excited about the game. Yeah, that that was kind of the point that I was going to lead toward is that the idea of the game, like uh, understanding how like opiate addiction addiction works and just addiction in general, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. substance abuse and and how that kind of affects your life in general. I find that such an interesting topic and I would love to learn about it, but it is entirely based on how the game itself would play. Right, exactly. Um, because like you said, uh, there's the game Before I Forget, or I think it was Into a Dream was another game, and it was about depression. All yep. of these things are things that I personally don't, like, I don't suffer from. Um, so I would never be a person who said, you F them and their problems. I find them so interesting. It's just entirely, like, whether or not I would play the game is based on the take and how you go about displaying it. Right. I would I would be very like I'm very interested in the idea of seeing somebody struggle with addiction and uh, well I'm not interested in watching somebody do that like we, but, we get it yeah yeah but, like the, um, the concept of it is yeah. very intriguing because it's so far fetched from anything that you've ever experienced. Yeah, but it would just be entirely based on how you experience that. Like, if it was some sort of management sim, I don't think I'd be into it. But if right. it was something like into a dream or uh or some of these other games that deal with this i i think i would be very interested in it if it was a more like artistic take on it so right. i'm i'm excited to see how the game fleshes out uh surviving opiates and i believe it's a mobile game is mm-hmm. is what they said on twitter um yeah so I, I would be very interested to see it it's just entirely based on the take um and and how that's translated to gameplay so yep. uh, to lighten things up the classic gaming podcast wrote in the vaguest question that we'll ever have on the show said what's your favorite thing so josh what is your favorite thing i mean i feel like if my wife ever listened to this podcast which she doesn't so it doesn't matter but i feel like i'm obligated to say her because it's kind of (laughs) a thing that i need to say i honestly thought for a second you were gonna say like butt stuff (laughs) stuff? hopefully my wife never listens to this because i'm about to give something away about our sexual preferences but butt stuff I mean, butt stuff is pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, <laughs> uh, real deep window in there. If you get what I'm putting down, uh, no, um, I, I I don't know. It's so hard because what's your favorite thing? Like, if you were to say like favorite food, favorite game, favorite movie, favorite like you can clearly pin it down. But favorite thing in the world out of anything? I mean. I guess I would say I'm going to shit all over my wife here. I guess I would say my dog. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't know. That's clearly my wife. Like you can't like, it's obviously her, but I wouldn't classify her as a thing. So I guess it's also different. Like, so I don't know. This is such a tough question because I'm just like racking my brain for what is the most important. I mean, I guess my favorite thing would probably be food. Like in general. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. I need it to survive and it's also a great enjoyment in my life, especially right now when there's like not much to do. Um but yeah, I don't I don't know, man. What's yours? Honestly, um so I have kind of like I I guess 
my favorite thing, and this is also going to sound bad because it should be my wife, which I absolutely love her. If it was my favorite person, it's 100% be her. Right, exactly. Um, But I have kind of like... I always think about like uh, David Foster Wallace. They there's like an A, I I believe it's an A24, like a kind of artistic rendition of his life, and it's mm-hmm. got like Jesse Eisenberg and I can't remember his name. Um, the guy who plays Marshall Erickson in How I Met Your Mother, but oh, um, it's fuck. I should know this. Yeah, right. It's kind of hard to remember his name for some reason. I got Jesse Eisenberg right off the top of my fucking head, but um. <laughs> Jason Segal. Yeah, yeah, Jason Siegel. Um, so he talks about in that, like, there, there's a section of the movie where, uh, like, basically, Jesse Eisenberg, his character is, like, a journalist that's asking him about, like, his book that he wrote, um, which mm-hmm. is The Infinite Jest. And I actually really want to read that book, but there was an idea, like, there was kind of rumors circulating about him having kind of, like, a drug addiction, And he brings it up at one point in time. And David Foster Wallace, he says something along the lines of like, you know, my only addiction is to TV. And that is like my favorite thing is actually an addiction that I have, which is to like television and stories. I honestly like that is my preferred way to experience them. I absolutely love video games, but there's something to be said about just sitting there and vegging out and watching TV. I have mm-hmm. a problem so much so that like I have to structure my life to to get things done. I have to structure it around keeping myself from just binge watching TV. So like when I come home from work, often enough I have to eat before I take a shower because I'll be disgusting and I feel so gross that so i have to like watch something while i eat so i have to eat before so that i feel so disgusting that i don't just sit there and continue to watch i instead have to get up and stop watching tv and then once i'm once i'm not watching tv i can get something done i'll be like okay cool i need to get on my computer i need to send out some tweets i need to edit a podcast but otherwise i fall into this trap of like watching tv all the time um (laughs) so sadly that would be my favorite thing and an addiction that i have is actually like tv in general i have a serious problem i just watch too much tv it's actually a joke among my friends that like at any point in time i can like often walk into a room and tell you what tv show you're watching just by listening to it i don't have to actually watch it Mm -hmm. so i have a problem (laughs) Um, so my favorite thing would be tv like you said if it was other things like what's your favorite food i'm gonna be honest i don't know if i have a favorite food but if i had to choose based on what i eat the most often it would be chicken strips i'm a big fan of them chicken strips so (laughs) very good to know very good to know i mean i I should ask you because you have a terrible opinion about pizza terrible Um, opinion this guy yeah fucking garbage ass this fucking like pineapple pea oh dude nah no. So good. It's so good. But I have to ask your opinion. What right. do you like more, bone-in or boneless like chicken wings? It's a good question. Um I think I like I don't know. It's tough because I I need to be like in a mood for it. I do really like boneless wings, but I'll I'll definitely agree with people that they're not really wings at all. They're um, fucking chicken nuggets. They're dude. just chicken nuggets. Yeah, they are. They're hundred um, percent chicken nuggets. And I think Chris had a terrible take on Active Quest a while ago when he said they're not chicken nuggets because they come coated in a sauce. I can coat a chicken nugget can, in no, sauce, dude. Yeah, 
It's, I can it's, dump ranch on a fucking chicken nugget. Th- that doesn't make it a chicken wing. <laughs> it is for sure still a chicken nugget. But I, I will say, like, I just like the ease of, I like the laziness of not having to worry about the bone and being able to, oh, but yeah. it's, it's different meat. Like, it, it's so different meat. Um, so yeah, I think one is just, like a hodgepodge of all the meat. They're like, this is probably yeah. just ass. But the other one is like, yeah, this is a wing. This is yeah. a thigh. <laughs> it depends. I, I really like both. Um, but it's just one of those things like I have to be in the mood for it. I don't think I like one more than the other though. Follow-up question. At what point does something get so big that it is not a chicken nugget anymore? So like Mm. what is the difference between, and this is a serious question that my friends and I have had. What is the difference between a chicken nugget and a chicken patty? Because if you think about it, they're the same thing. The only thing that's different is the size. I mean, yeah, that is the only difference is like a nugget is not like a chicken nugget is defined as a nugget because it's the shape of a nugget. Like it's, it's like a nug. Like if you're thinking of like gold, (laughs) it's a nug. nug. (laughs) If you're thinking of like gold, you wouldn't be like, yeah, this gold bar is just a really big gold nugget. Like, but you will, they will have like a back in the gold rush and stuff. If they found a big brick of gold, they didn't, they just called it a gold nugget. So like, could I get a fat, like a fat ass? Like it looks like my fucking head size chicken nugget or is that a chicken patty? I guess. I mean, I guess you could say that, yeah, it's well, like, cause I get the, the patty part is them actually flattening it. Like maybe it's like the process part of it, of, actively pushing down and like shaping it turns it to a patty okay maybe i mean i guess kind of but yeah i mean i guess you could just have like a really big nug that you use as a chicken patty that's a good point i I don't think any of us brought up the fact that like the the thing that makes it a patty may not be the size but it is the fact that they process it into like a circle right like because everywhere else like the chicken nugs them nuggies they are like there are different shapes. They're not just a patty. So, okay, okay. You know what I think is so funny is you literally have somewhere to be. You have to go to a very official, like, wedding Not for, thing. like, an hour. <laughs> yeah, but I just, like, I feel like this is the one time where we got to a reasonable time for this episode where we had yeah. a good amount. And then you're just like, let's, let's fucking talk about chicken nuggets and patties for five to ten minutes, even though I have to go do stuff. Why do I feel like this is the this is the content people pe this is what they come for okay this is, this is what you they know what's listen funny for. when I was on Active Quest I literally said uh, you know if you're into indie games this is the podcast for you and Josh from Active Quest was like oh you could you also don't need to like indie games either because of the <laughs> conversation and I was like yeah if you're not a fan of indie games literally listen to the first twenty minutes and the last twenty minutes of our <laughs> episode and you will get exactly what you're looking for. <laughs> Yeah, it just depends on the episode, too, because Chase has brought up to me, he's like, I love how your audience questions could be an episode just on their own sometimes. Yeah, because for sure. They're depending on how, Yeah, depending on how many we get or, like, what the conversation brings up, like a chicken nugget or a chicken patty, that could be really long. I mean, that was one of my ideas for episode 100 was just to have, like, a, a huge onslaught of questions and to do just a... a a whole episode on just like getting to know us since we've spent two years fucking talking to you about indie games and shit. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, 
there's it's always on the table philip renshaw asked me on patreon and said when are we gonna get like just a just a poop podcast you know the so. poop podcast yeah the poop pod. what would we call it i mean we can't we can't create a podcast until we have a clever name for it right you don't think the poop pod is good I, it pod? goes with the indie pod i guess so yeah i don't know <laughs> i don't know flush boys nah that's not poop bad poop. flush boys are pretty good flush I like boys. <laughs> That is the end of this podcast. Thanks everyone so much for listening. If you would like to reach out to us and talk to us outside the show, you could do so in a bunch of different ways. Of course, you can hit us up on Twitter at IndiePod on Twitter. Please make sure to follow us there because that is where I tweet out the God bless the crowd links. Uh, we do giveaways, uh, just general indie game news and all sorts of other stuff. So follow us at IndiePod on Twitter. You can follow me specifically, Von Hyde, at Hive Legion. That's H-Y-D-E-L-E-G-I-O-N for all sorts of like anime bullshit and other stuff. Just basically my dumb self, I guess. Yeah, good uh, stuff. And you can follow Josh at the underscore George 90s for nineties, 90 for <laughs> notifications about his pieces, developer interviews, uh, his Twitch streams, which please watch them. They are a lot of fun. It's, it's like me, Chris Penwell, John shows up. Sometimes we're just like sitting there chatting. I'm going to freaking karate chop Chris in the neck. One of these days for talking <laughs> shit about Kamui woods. Okay. Like Hermes is much worse than Kamui woods. I'm telling you right now, only thing good about Hermes is that he can give you that extra dash. Extra dash. And he's got that cute turtle in his bag. That's 100% it. <laughs> okay, Hermes fucking sucks. Otherwise, not a fan. Oh, man. Rough. Those are some hot takes. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's uh, It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, if you want to actually just check out the the, the stream, uh, it is just twitch.tv slash the underscore Jorsh. Um, I am a very sporadic streamer in the fact that I just do it whenever i kind of feel like it but if you want go ahead and follow me so you'll get an update i uh sid was actually on there the last time i i was streaming no way was, that's pretty cool yeah it was really cool so i was just chatting with him it's nice i mean i i like it obviously i don't have like a, a ton of people who are watching which is like you know whatever um but usually it's like a couple people here and there which is nice to always see how people are doing especially in kind of these covid times and I, I feel like it adds to me being able to talk to people like you know you or chris who i normally don't talk to other than the podcast uh setting yeah no the something that i did want to bring up before we hop off the show is it let us know so josh and i now that i have better internet and i soon will be getting a webcam i will possibly be doing some streaming as well but it was also something that came up is that we want to do video and mm -hmm. There are a couple of different ways that we could do video, but one of them is basically just doing these on Twitch, like having a Twitch stream. Uh, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. wondering if people would like to actually listen to these episodes as like a Twitch stream format, or if that's not something you'd be into, uh, video versions could just post to YouTube and then the specific people that would be into that could watch it. I don't know. Just let us know if you want like more streams. Uh, if you would like to watch Josh more on his stream, uh, if you would want me to stream, if you would want us to stream these episodes, anything like that, please just hit us up on Twitter. Let us know. Um, and please, of course, our housekeeping topics, uh, check out that interview with John called Calderon, I guess is how you'd probably say his name. The CEO of Angry mm -hmm. Demon Studios, of course, developers of Gory Cuddly Damage. That one will be going up on the Wednesday. Carnage. The day, or sorry, not Damage, Carnage. Um, the Wednesday after this goes live for patrons. And of course, if you're listening to this on free feeds, 
you've already had the ability to listen to it. Uh, Please check out our YouTube channel, just IndiePod, uh, for demo impressions and other videos that I'm going to be putting up there. Josh might even make some content over there, too, so you can check them out. Uh, Please check out our iTunes reviews and leave us a review on iTunes uh, to help us find more audiences, possibly. I don't know. And thank you (laughs) so much to our patrons, Zach Durham, Chase Hopkins, Philip Renshaw, Chris Penwell, Josh Nichols, and Samuel Fillion from Canada. Thank you so much for being patrons. Of course, you too can become a patron at the one, three, and five dollar tiers, which would get you early access to the shows and exclusive access to our spoiler cast. You could write into the spoiler cast. You can decide what games we play for them and so much more. So head over to Patreon and become a patron today. That is it for this episode. Thanks everyone so much for listening and we will talk to you next week. Bye fam. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>